You're listening to the 104th episode of Two Views Movies Podcast on the 2019 live-action remake of The Lion King, sponsored by the Buffalo Funds. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast, a spoiler-filled podcast by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And we are here today to talk about the 2019 remake of The Lion King. It's like the third Disney remake we've we've gotten this year, I think. This year, yeah. Aladdin and Dumbo. You see either, either one of those? I have not. Did you? You saw Aladdin for sure. Did you see? I Dumbo? saw Aladdin during a Tornado. Yes, I did not see Dumbo. Okay. Well, you at least have some perspective. I, I've been meaning to go see Aladdin. I had no interest in seeing Dumbo in theaters, but uh, now that the Lion King has happened, I am not so sure I will be revisiting any of them. To be perfectly honest. Well, we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> yes, we will. But first up, we have to say thanks to our sponsor, the Buffalo Funds. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Buffalo Funds, a family of mutual funds based here in Kansas City. When the stock market goes down, it may be a great time to contribute to your individual retirement account or IRA. Don't wait until the end of the year to get your free IRA investing report. Go to buffalofunds.com slash podcast. You can open up an account online directly with the Buffalo Funds and choose from their mix of U.S., international, dividend, or income funds. That's buffalofunds.com slash podcast. The fund's investment objectives, risk, charges, and expenses must be considered carefully before investing. The summary and statutory prospectuses contain this and other important information about the investment company and may be obtained by calling 800-492-8332 or visiting buffalofunds.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual fund investing involves risk. Principal loss is possible. The Buffalo Funds are distributed by Quasar Distributors, LLC. Big thanks again to Buffalo Funds for sponsoring us this week. Yeah, absolutely. They're they're getting two episodes this week, so lots of two views this week and lots of Buffalo funds coming at you. <laughs> While we're here, don't forget to go out and subscribe to the podcast. Like us on Facebook, on Twitter. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. The other big thing we have is here in the next week or two, we should be finding out whether we made the finals for the Pitch's Best Local Podcast Award. Uh, everybody that went out and nominated us, thank you very much. If we made it to the, the finals, then we will be asking for your votes one more time to hopefully uh, crown us champions and make us the best local <laughs> podcast according to the pitch. That That's the goal. So in the next few weeks, you should be hearing more about that. Yeah, that's fun. Oh, well, yeah, who doesn't want to be crowned the best local podcast? I mean, last year it was First Issue Club, and then this year it could be us. I mean, that, that'd be that'd be it's a fantastic back-to-back win, I would think. I would think so. We're, we're severely so. biased, obviously, for ourselves <laughs> and First Issue Club, though. So, you know, it all works out, though. All right, so now that we've gotten through that, are we are we ready to get into to Lion King? Because uh, I, I've got some things to say, I think. Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. <laughs> well, as much as I don't think we need to do this, I feel like it's our formula to do so. So I'm going to read this really obnoxiously long letterbox blurb for Lion King oh, that good. doesn't need to be here. But here it goes. 
Simba idolizes his father, King Mufasa, and takes to heart his own royal destiny, but not everyone in the kingdom celebrates the new cub's arrival. Scar, Mufasa's brother and former heir to the throne, has plans of his own. The battle for Pride Rock is ravaged with betrayal, tragedy, and drama, ultimately resulting in Simba's exile. With help from a curious pair of newfound friends, Simba will have to figure out how to grow up and take back what is rightfully his. That pretty much summarizes the movie. Yeah, which... Uh, the reason I say you don't need it, I mean, not that that's inaccurate or overblown. It's just pretty much you could have like a reference that says see Lion King 94 or whatever that was. Like it's it's this movie, just different. Barely. Well, right. Barely. By barely different, different, I meant um, different animation style. Other than that, not different it, at all. It's the same movie. Directed by John Favreau, who did Iron Man 1 and 2. He also did the Jungle Book remake, which makes complete sense as to why they recruited him for this. Elf, Chef, Cowboys and Aliens, Zathura, and Maid. The cast, huge cast. Donald Glover, Beyonce, James Earl Jones, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Alfred Wooder, John Oliver, Seth Rogen, Billy Eichner, Eric Andre, Keegan-Michael Key, and a bunch of people that I am probably also leaving off, but I tried to pick the big names so everybody could have a shot at that. So... Okay, coming into to Lion King. Lion King's probably my most watched Disney movie ever. Uh, I, I was trying to think if there was one that I, I'd seen more than this one, and I think uh, I think this takes the cake. So Aladdin was, I think, a close second, uh, but this one I have practically memorized from start to finish. <laughs> and so I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how often you you've seen Lion King, but are you are you where I am on this, or at least? Close? Oh yeah. It would be Lion King, Aladdin, and Little Mermaid because my sister, who's six years younger than me, grew up loving The Little Mermaid, but uh, both her and my brother loved Aladdin and Lion King. So I, I just got inundated with those Disney movies. So those would be my top three. I'm not sure I could pick a specific order. Aladdin might be my number one most watched, but it, it's a pretty much like a three-way tie. You could split some hairs there. Yeah, and so when, when we come into this, knowing that one so well... uh. And knowing the dialogue of what it's supposed to be, I guess, from the uh, from the cartoon, it, that it's so close to what the cartoon is. It's, it's almost the same dialogue, but there's little twists here and there that are wrong, which when, when it's that close, that stands out to me. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I completely agree with you. I think the person who violated this the most was James Earl Jones. His own lines. Yeah. Yeah. I, I question if you were going to do this, why not just lift his lines from the original? Like, do you really need him to reread these and reinterpret them? Because there's no new meaning behind them. There's no new nuance behind them. So why not just lift his lines from 94 and drop them in this movie? I don't understand. Well, his circle of life talk changed a bit, but the rest of it was pretty on point. Well, right, but that goes back to like the changes that they did make in this movie are so irrelevant that why even change it? So you think James Earl Jones was was the biggest perpetrator? I think uh, Scar was was the worst. I guess what I'm saying is when you've got the same actor doing the same role with the lines already, if your complaint, and I agree with your complaint, is that it's slightly off, it's even more egregious to me when it's the same actor doing the same lines. If you're going to recast the actor, I, I give a little bit of leeway there for, okay, it's going to sound different. It's not going to be the same. But when you have the same guy, why wouldn't it be the same? It'd be like Sylvester Stallone coming in and doing a new take on Rocky. It's like, what? Ugh, what? Like, why would you do he that? He keeps doing that. 
well, he's still, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like if he, if that's, they remade that's Rocky a bad analogy because he keeps doing that. <laughs> I meant if they went back and redid like the real Rocky and he did a completely different yo Adrian, you know, whatever you just like, Oh, that's, that's slightly off. It, and it's not really far off. It's just off enough to be off putting. If that makes yeah, sense. It's just the, the cadence is wrong, you know, and it's like the words are there, but the, it's, it's not right. Yeah. And so a lot of the, my quotable lines from this movie, you know, were were delivered incorrectly. You know, you you deliberately disobeyed me. You know, and that's and then he just said, "You deliberately disobeyed me." I was like, "Dang it! Come on, James. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> you, know, you know, do it, do it how I quote it." And then uh, Nala when she when she pins him the the second time mm-hmm. in, in Lion King was pinned you again, and then this time I was like pinned you again. I'm like that's not fun. Yep. You know. No, there's nothing, truthfully, there's nothing really fun in this movie except for, I think, Timon and Pumbaa, they they tried on on that. But anywhere else that there were supposed to be things that were fun or funny from the original are delivered, one, verbally, they're delivered really flatline. And then two, I think, I'm just going to assume that because they crushed the animation of the lions from the way they look, that they just got themselves into a situation where lions just aren't capable of emoting. So no matter how good your animation is, you you just can't really put human emotion on a CGI lion. Whereas, say, for example, in the apes movies, you can put some emotion in them because they are so close to humans that you can tell from their eyes and the, you know their mouths and stuff of what they're thinking even to an extent. But with lions, that's just not possible. So everything is so flatline in this. And I, I don't know if they delivered the lines purposely because of that or if that's just bad line delivery. Well, I really and, don't know. And I want to come back to that because I agree completely about the, the emotions and whatnot on being, make, keeping it real uh, and still trying to have a moving story. But mm-hmm. one of the other, you mentioned Pumbaa being chased by Nala. You know, one of my favorite lines in, in the original was him screaming, she's trying to eat me, you know, <laughs> yeah. and him running around and, and I was waiting for it and it, it never happened. And I was like, dang it, why would you, why would you take that one out? And then all of Scars, uh, I felt like he was just being himself, like he was just reading himself and not really getting into Scar because uh, the way Jeremy Irons did it was kind of a hissing you know at the end of almost every sentence mm-hmm. and you, you kind of you know this kind of portrayed evil you know you, you knew scar was bad from the way he even talked yeah and and that's and all of scar's line i thought were were really off to me and didn't make a very it was like a muted performance of scar yeah and i think that disney animation typically has you know, their formula for villains, right? They even down to their eyes, they make their eyes beady, they make their uh, fingers long, and they have them, you know, the hisses on their talking or their elongation of their words that they're saying. So there's these things in animation that they learned how to do to make things evil over time. But it's like they abandoned all that when they went to CGI and went with, you know, these live action remakes. When they when they redo this and you just have the lines on the screen, there's just this flat reading. It, they it's like, no, take some of the principles you learned from the 2D animation and apply them to the, the 3D animation because it'll still work. But yeah, everything was so flat. Which leads us into the animation, uh, which I thought was superb. I thought it looked like 
actual lions and actual warthogs, you know, oh, for sure. and hyenas fighting each other. I thought they did an amazing job with that. Because clearly they didn't have lions on set that they were, you know, <laughs> right you know, positioning to do this. So this was all, you know, via computer. And I thought it was awesome. Right. Absolutely awesome. Agreed. But you come back to the the powerful scenes of the cartoon, like when Mufasa dies uh, and Simba's, or even before that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up there. When Mufasa's angry as Simba and, you know, he lowers his ears and falls into the grass. You know, his mm-hmm. eyes get real big yeah. and you're like, he's scared. And in this, you can't really, you can't really show that with a real lion. Right. You know, they, they did it a little bit, but it's like, oh, you know, oh, big Mufasa, I'm in trouble and I'm scared. They didn't really show that at all. And then when Mufasa dies, you know, Simba doesn't look all that sad. Well, because, you know? because it can't. I think that's the problem, right? right. <laughs> it's a lion. Yeah. Right. It's a lion. Yeah. But the one thing they could have done that they didn't do, which is pretty disappointing, was Simba in the cartoon curls up underneath his paw, which is really sure. just sad, you know, and he didn't do that. He just curled up next to him. Yeah. Which is like, that's a, why would you not do that? That's what makes it so sweet, I, you know? And I actually thought that was one of the scenes that did work in this movie because everybody can understand the, you know, the snuggling up against another animal, whatever, you know, like if your dog comes up and does that too, that's a, uh, across the board understanding of what's trying to happen there, regardless of the Paul or not, but it's the other emotions that you can't possibly get from this animation style that, that are, are lacking. So I think they, they did fine in the areas where you can recreate nature, right? And but, oh, but sure. that only goes so far when you're trying to tell a story solely from an animal's perspective. And and I think that they just backed themselves into a corner here where they went with the ultra realistic viewpoint, and that's great for a re envisioning, and it's great for you know kind of being in awe of the special effects, like you said, because I'll agree with you, they are great, but it does not work from an emotional storytelling standpoint. It just doesn't. Especially if you know it's coming. You're right. You know? And so we know Mufasa's coming, and my wife was trying to brace herself before we went. I don't know if I can handle seeing a live-action Mufasa die, you know? And then it didn't quite affect her like the cartoon did. Mm-hmm. You know? And again, that's, that's the eyes and everything that, that, that comes into it. And uh, But the the problem that this movie had was that it was a shot for shot. Like the changes were so small that they weren't even notice- noticeable. Like Whoopi Goldberg, Shinzi, mm-hmm. her character was changed to just the head hyena, which I guess gave Beyonce somebody to fight at the end. Sure. But did you even notice that Nala wasn't fighting somebody at the end of, I mean, she was, but not a main villain. Yeah, I think at the it end was a cartoon. It was really hard to keep the hyenas straight because you can't give them overly unique personalities. I mean, you could tell the voices were different, but when it came time to the fights, it was like who's who. You, whereas in the animation, you can clearly kind of tell because they, you know, one of them's got like a goofy eyes and you know whatever. So, yeah, I I agree with you on that one as well. And I mean, that's the that's the biggest change that Scar didn't know the hyenas already Mm -hmm. that he was introduced to them right there and then that was it there wasn't enough changes to make this good and if you're changing the style you need to change it like they did with aladdin the storytelling was different from the trailers of dumbo that's a very different movie Mm -hmm. i feel like they should have 
taken more liberties and made it a different type of movie opposed to just a straight shot for shot. Yeah. Did you force yourself to try and think about this movie? Because I, I get it. When you're doing a remake, it's totally within boundaries and it should be compared to the original. So I'm not saying you shouldn't compare it to the original because that's exactly what you should do in this case. But did you try to separate that out and be like, okay, like if I just ignore the original, like what did I like about this movie or what did I not like about this movie? Did you did you try and do that at all? I tried. And the only thing I could come up with was the, the effects mm-hmm. of how, how good they were. And... I mean, even it's hard to separate from the original because even the set pieces were the exactly same laid out as the 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 cartoons and the transition music between each scene. Mm-hmm. And so it was everything was just like they just pulled it from the cartoon. Like there was no originality into it. So I couldn't, I guess, to answer your question, I'm not really good at separating the two of these because it is so close to the same movie. Oh, for sure. I get it. It's a, it's a completely, it's almost impossible, but I, I tried to do that and I still didn't really enjoy the movie at all. So even if I kind of took it at face value, I'm right there with you where I thought that the effects were great, but the story was just kind of flatline. I, I think, I guess I feel like I would have looked at this movie and thought, well, there's some good elements there, but it didn't really get me emotionally involved and all that. So I feel like the problems I have with this movie are there regardless of the fact that it's a remake and it's just made worse by the fact that it is a remake. So I, I didn't really walk away liking this movie at all. There was elements of it, especially where I don't know if this was because of the original or not, but there were moments where they were supposed to be like tender moments almost like I thought, can you feel the love tonight was incredibly corny, like really cringy. Me and my wife looked at each other and we're like, (laughs) Ooh, this is not good. And I don't know why I think it was because it was trying to be real lions and be lovey dovey. And we were just like, Ooh, this is, this is no good. Like, ugh, I don't like this. Right. No, I, I I couldn't agree with you more here. And then I'm sure you caught on the internet that everybody's biggest complaint about that is that, can you feel the love tonight was um, taking place during the day? (laughs) I didn't even notice. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. (laughs) No, I didn't. That's been like the number one thing I've seen on the internet. I noticed it at first (laughs) because, like, they, when they first start singing and doing that, it's like they're running out in the daylight. I'm like, well, it's, it's, can you feel the love tonight? Which, you know, has all sorts of fun, uh, you know, undertones from a kid's movie anyway but and then there's that really one awkward scene in the animated movie where she gives simba the eyes you're like whoo as an adult that is, that's right a, that's, the, that's the, the, the sexy eyes <laughs> yeah. from a lion you're like what yeah <laughs> but yeah in this one they just decided to make can you feel the love tonight be during the day so, so maybe they're trying to distance themselves from that scene I don't know. I, just a really weird... We're going to keep it broad daylight. Keep <laughs> yeah. it above bar here. You know, the the one scene I think that bothered me really bad and I cringed real hard is at the end when Scar tells Simba that he killed Mufasa. You know how in the cartoon they do that zoom out of Simba up on the rocks during the stampede and it pulls back like really quickly and his eyes are really big and then he gets mad and jumps up. They recreate right. that in this movie, but it's it's really bad. I don't know... I, it just feels bad. And I just, and again, like cringe super hard at that. I was like, Oh, like I know they're just redoing that, but yuck, don't do that. So, I mean, they're caught in a, in a tight spot here mm-hmm. from the, if you do a shot for shot remake, it's boring because it's the exact same movie. If you make changes and make it a, a different movie, people, you know, some people would be upset that it 
didn't stay true to the uh-huh. story. Uh, did you see Jungle Book? Yeah. So Jungle Book is not the same story. Jungle Book has the same characters, mm-hmm. but it was a different movie. You know, with the same characters, they kept a lot of the the fun components of it. You know, you got your bare necessities still, but you had a different experience, and I think that's really what this needed. Yeah, this coming from a guy who who wants to stay true to most source material, but <laughs> right. when, but when you go from movie to movie, you know it it's the same movie. So why not change some things? Otherwise, it's just boring. Well, and therein lies the rub, right? This is. This is a cash grab by Disney. I mean, they are churning these live action remakes out like crazy, well, right? So you say that, yeah, and I, I, I hate that. when people say that because, but all movies are cash grabs. Well, what I'm saying is, and you, those that say, "Oh, not independent," they are too. They're cash grabs. Well, okay, to, if, if, if you're trying to say that everybody's trying to make money, sure, yes. But what I'm saying is, you are taking a property and re-releasing it and trying to give it the shallowest repackaging possible to then try and make money like you're not doing it for any artistic value i don't think other than maybe the 3d animators so my thing is if you're going to do this i think you're right i think you either have to go completely different or you have to just make it the same and i'm sorry when you when you turn something out that's the same exact thing as before and you're just kind of putting a new you know gloss coat on it then it does it is going to feel shallow and it's going to feel like a cash grab and this is the first time where I saw a Disney live action remake and really was like, oh my God, they are really just trying to re-release their properties and make more money off of them without adding any artistic value to this because that's what this felt like. It felt super shallow, like there was no reason for this movie to exist other than to make some money off of an existing property. And I think that's on part maybe due to Jon Favreau and the approach he took to making this movie. I think it's partially on Disney. But this is the first time I really felt that way. Maybe it's because we're on like the seventh live action remake. Maybe it's because this was just made poorly. I'm not really exactly sure where I'm at on that spectrum. But this is the first time where I was like, I, I don't want to watch another one of these remakes. I'm, I'm sick of them. This feels so incredibly hollow and shallow that I want no part of it. But I think it's because it, it stuck so closely when the other ones... Like again, Jungle Book changed enough for me to feel like a different movie. Did you did you feel that way? I didn't really care for Jungle Book, and it's been too long since I've seen it. So I just remember thinking it was okay. I, I just felt like it wasn't a you know beat for beat remake, and I didn't feel like it didn't go any new directions. I just felt like it was just sort of okay. But I do not remember feeling like this at all. No, I liked the Jungle Book. I came out of there pleasantly surprised, and I liked what they did, and I liked the changes that they made. Uh, and I was hoping that there would be something like that here because Aladdin did a little bit, um, but it was sort of a different movie, but it was still really close. If you look at the transition between uh, Jungle Book, Aladdin to Lion King, it's moving in that of getting really close to source material. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Aladdin is just just different enough to not be Lion King. Right. But if anything, this movie does is piss me off at any movies that'll be coming after this that things don't look like real things <laughs> sure because you can do it and you and you showed me you could do it so it, and i think that was set with planet of the apes i mean to me that's been the gold standard of if you're going to create a cgi animal that it needs to look like that and i do think lion king lived up to that from an effect standpoint so the bar has been set there you're entirely right well the bar was set 
but then the bar got lowered significantly since then. And then now we're back to where I know that they can do it. Wait, with what though? What lowered it? With effects. Well, with you're always going to have and effects. Black sure. Panther, people riding rhinos. You look yes. at Justice League. But just because the bar is set at its highest doesn't mean everybody can hit that bar. What I'm saying is that should they should. Be they have well, un- basically un- on those movies, they have unlimited pockets. Sure. And that. you're also talking about different things, right? When you're talking about Black Panther, you're talking about different types of effects. I'm I'm limiting this to just the animals that are intended to look ultra realistic without you know that kind of human interaction like if there had been humans riding these lions i think we would have had some problems but when you're just doing lions out in the the desert and on pride rock i think that's easier to do than the the human animal interaction which is where i think apes uh, really crushed it well they didn't have any humans riding apes no, but they had humans interacting with apes, fighting with them, stuff like that. You didn't have any of that in, in this. And again, I'm not excusing any of the bad effects. I'm just saying that if the gold standard for animal CGI is the apes movies, I feel like Lion King at least hit that bar, if not pushed it even further. Yeah, no, I thought, I thought it was fantastic on that side. So I yeah. keep trying to find positive, and that's the only things that I can come back to. And I'm I'm with you. I was just... I can't help but feel like this movie should not have existed. Um, and I keep coming back to that. And I'm trying to divorce that from what was actually presented on screen because you could, I mean, I could give this movie a half a star because it shouldn't have existed, but that's that's not fair to the movie that did get put out. So I have my problems with why this even came to be and the approach they took. And then I've really tried to separate that from, okay, what what did they actually give me and what are my actual problems with it um so it was a really tough to kind of come at this thing and come to some sort of conclusion about how i really felt about the movie and how i can describe it to people because i hate so much about why it exists but the movie itself is just meh it's just average is that because you've seen it what about to a new audience that's what i tried to put myself into those shoes of i haven't seen the cartoon and i just see this this story for the first time. Yeah. And that's why I asked you earlier, you know, can you really try? I mean, I think for us, you can try and do that thought exercise. And I agree with you that it's really hard to do. And I tried to do that where possible, but that's just, that's asking people to do too much when you are explicitly making a remake of a movie by the same company with the same story. So, you know, my kids aren't overly familiar with the Lion King. They definitely have seen it and seen it several times as they were growing up. So they didn't have the same frame of reference that we did, and they thought it was just okay and fine is kind of what they were saying. So I think for people who haven't even seen the original, I think it was just okay. Um, But again, I I think that really goes back to this emotional core of the movie didn't hit, and I think that's because it was tough to translate emotion through emotionless lion faces. It sounds silly to say, (laughs) but I think that's it. No, I agree. So I, I have a solution to this problem that I would, I, I want to hear your feedback on because I, this is, would have been an aggressive move, but I think it's maybe the route I would have gone and I would have rather died on this hill than on the hill that's out there. But I wonder what this movie would have been like had they gone the route of like blue planet or planet earth, you know, those nature documentaries that they do where there's no talking, there's a narrator that's kind of presenting the story of what's happening with the animals on the screen and I know Disney Nature already has 
you know, their studio that they do some of the stuff with, whether it's penguins or safari stuff, or I think there was one about chimpanzees, but I kind of wonder what this movie would have been like had they gone that route. We, you know, we follow the same characters, but we, there's no talking from the lions. It's presented like a nature doc where the narrator's telling you what's happening. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I would only accept that if you give the right answer of who would be narrating. Well, it had to be Morgan Freeman, right? No, I was going James Earl Jones. Uh, I mean, you could do that. Morgan Freeman tends to always do those narrations. Well, sure. On those, but sure. I mean, yeah, you could do James Earl Jones for sure. It's. I mean, if you make any sort of Lion King property without James Earl Jones, that's a mistake. <laughs> well, that's how I felt like with all the songs not being Elton John. Like, I didn't think you had to do all the songs as Elton John, but it felt weird not hearing Elton John. But uh, so do you think that could have worked if you, okay, let's say we bring James Earl Jones in as, as the narrator. Like, do you think a Lion King shot as a real life nature documentary could have worked that way? I think it could have worked, but not as kind of the summer box office thing that they were going for. True. Because I don't think a lot of kids would want to sit and watch a nature documentary. Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I think that's there's I mean, probably some truth in that. But I think the branding of Disney and Lion King gets the butts in the seats. True. But I think uh, this has more mass appeal than... Uh, yeah, I would have liked to have seen the other way, uh, that what you're describing. I think that would have been really cool. A different different take on it. But uh, um, knowing what we got, you know, hindsight but i don't think it would have mass appeal i agree i mean you're not going to have the singing and all the stuff that comes along with it but i kind of thought a lot of that is what sort of sucked so i i would have you at least scar been, talk singing yeah which i mean be prepared was kind of a talk sing anyways in the original but yeah i, I just i feel like that would have been at least a cool approach and if it had bombed with it doing that i would have been like okay well they tried something unique and different and it's something that hadn't been done before and if there's any property that you are going to make be a nature documentary like that, I think Lion King is the one you go with well, because obviously. I'm a sucker for those blue planet and planet earth documentaries. I think they're engaging and fantastic and they show you aspects of nature that you don't get to see. And I think you could probably morph that into, um, into a good little film. I agree. I don't agree with you saying that the original was a, a talk sing. Yeah. I, I, I guess more talk singy than most of the other songs is kind of how I felt. Well, but this one was, he sung like every seventh word. Like, <laughs> right. wait, what? Are you trying to do? I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, I won't disagree with you. Fail. Yep. All right. I'm running out of things to say on this. Agreed. All right. Let's get to it. I am Thor, son of Odin. As long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say are you ready so what'd you rate it i ended up giving it a three and a half that is far too high i gave it a three and a half i tried to think of new viewership um i'm giving a lot of credit to the visual effects as i mentioned before just just mind-blowing can, I, can I, I ask how many stars bump you are giving for said special effects? I think a one. You can give it okay. a, a full full one one star bump. Okay. I mean, I like the Lion King story. I've just seen it a hundred times. And I, I think there was a disappointment level in me when I, when I saw this that it wasn't something new. It was the same movie. Uh, so I try to counteract that a little bit. And so it's an average movie, but r- done really well if that makes any sense 
Um, I, I guess. I guess it makes sense. I, I'm curious, though, do you know what you gave the Jungle Book? Because I feel like you were probably not any higher than four stars on Jungle Book. Yeah, you gave Jungle Book four stars. So Yeah, it's worse, it's worse than the Jungle Book, yeah. Sure, but from everything you've said in this podcast, it's only a half star worse. I think to a new audience, if I'm giving a recommendation to see said movie, mm-hmm. it lands about three and a half. I don't like that approach. I think you got to say what you like because, I mean, isn't I mean, wouldn't you say that the bulk of people seeing this are not going to be new to the Lion King story? Because even if you're a little kid going to see this, chances are your folks have probably bought you the old Disney movies to watch, or you've caught them on Disney Channel or whatever else. So. I would venture to say I'm I'm going to pull a number out of completely thin air, but I would assume that at least 80% of the audience that sees this movie has seen the original <laughs> Lion King at some point. I mean, that doesn't seem unrealistic. I would say the bulk of the people that would listen to this podcast have seen the Lion King original, but I don't know if I go 80% have seen the Lion King original. Oh, man. I mean, you're thinking about kids growing up in daycares or at home and you know their parents having these movies on their shelf and showing them to their kids. I mean, Lion King is pretty ingrained in pop culture i think that the numbers have got to be crazy high for people who have at least seen lion king once heading into this i am often surprised on a daily basis of movies that people haven't seen yeah but disney cartoons are a different animal no even even that so even disney cartoons i think you'd be surprised like there's uh there's a few young ladies who work for me in their mid-20s that have never seen the aladdin cartoon nor Dumbo. I know Lion King was shortly after that, and again, one of the better ones, but they hadn't seen Aladdin. Then why would they have seen Lion King? Yeah, and they might fall on that 20%. I'm just saying I think the bulk of them (laughs) have seen this movie. So I think you're a little high on this movie. And maybe you're saying you're at a two and a half and you're giving it a one-star bump for special effects, but I feel like Jungle Book, their special effects are pretty good too. So I don't know. It just it feels like you're it feels like you're high on this movie. Well, how can how can I give? And I think Lion King is a five star Disney movie cartoon. Okay. I think it's it's one of the best that they've ever done. And this is the same story. So how can I be done poorly to, 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 to say that done worse? Yes, which is why it's at three and a half. But how could I come down to you know a half when it's the same story? Well, yeah. I mean, but if it's same an song. if it's an if it's an average telling of the same story then that sets the bar at two and a half and then i guess you're giving it a one full star for cgi just it feels like that's too high so where are you i'm at a two and a half and i'm giving it a half star for cgi at best i i did not like this movie at all so i was at a two because i was more on the i don't like this side of average but the effects are there and it's really just feels like in fairness that even though there were things about it that i really didn't like that I don't think it's at the two star level. So I felt like average, very, very average two and a half. And plus, if you know my weird scale, then two and a half is like the bad side of average where three is like the good side of average. So I'm on the bad side of average at two and a half with this movie. Which is weird because should be two and a half. But We've talked about this before. That's my yeah. rating scale. You leave it alone. You're out here giving one star full bumps, <laughs> the, three and the a half people, The people need to know that you have a messed up scale. <laughs> the people need to know that you rail on a movie for 30 minutes and give it a half star less than the movie that you say is much better. I praise that, so. the effects and I praise Lion King's story, but I have issues. No movie is perfect. <laughs> I'm not saying it has to be perfect. I'm saying three and a half is too high. So what was your favorite part? 
honestly, I didn't have one. Something with Timon and Pumbaa would have been my favorite part because I remember chuckling at like one or two things that they said, but outside of that, I really didn't have a standout moment. So I'm generically saying something with them because it was a very forgettable movie for me. Well, I think I know where you're going because that, that was my favorite parts is when they were poking fun at themselves. It probably was. It was at the previous movie. And so uh, there's a few scenes in there where Seth Rogen dropped some lines and making making reference to like the end of Akuna Matata. You know, like, that's a really long song. You've gained like, you know, 800 pounds, <laughs> you know, something like that. Uh, yeah. Those are those are my favorite parts. Okay, that, I'm just going to steal that because I know something with them made me laugh and that had to have been it. <laughs> so what would you do different? So I would go with the suggestion I had earlier. Don't make the animals talk. I would have gone full nature documentary with it because them talking did nothing for me. It reminded me of the old, um, was it the Bush's baked beans commercials with the dog that talked, you know, back from the 90s. It just, it didn't feel right. It didn't look right. And then when they tried to emote or sing, n nothing, nothing about them talking worked for me. So I would get rid of it completely. Roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> exactly. That's what this <laughs> felt like the entire time. Completely unlike uh, when Caesar talks in Apes. You know, you're like, oh, that's so cool. That works. And again, it's probably because they're 98% human. And you didn't think that not. this looked like lions talking? I guess it just, it just didn't work for me. I mean, I guess uh, that's if lions could talk. talk, if lions could talk, I feel like this is what they would look like. Yeah, but accuracy doesn't always mean that it translates well in terms of enjoyment. Like that could—that's true. But I do think that they did it well. It, sure. did, it didn't look like you know the dog. <laughs> no, I'm or... being, I'm being really harsh on that. But okay, <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying. Like, it's one thing to be like, oh, hey, the the black hole in Interstellar is the most scientifically accurate portrayal of a black hole ever. But if the rest of the movie is trash, which it's not, you know, that doesn't that only goes so far. So if that's exactly how lions would look if they talked like humans, cool. But that didn't make it any better to me. So I was almost just got through an episode without Christopher Nolan. But I, I didn't say Christopher Nolan. You <laughs> said it. I was just referencing the science of Interstellar. That's all I was doing. So what I would do something different is to do something different. Is, <laughs> wow, so, that's like Yogi Berra there. I don't yeah, know what happened. Exactly. The uh, I mean, you just ha you gotta you gotta come up with a different storyline. It's it's too the same, and we think we beat that point to the the end of this. It just needs to be a different story. I think if you, I think you walk a fine line if you do, and you mentioned this earlier, but doing a different story is very, very risky. And I think the story is good. Like you mentioned, it's a really good story and it's kind of nature based where, you know, a lion is trying to take over the pride basically, but keep that story, but just don't try and do the things that made the animated movie so unique and the, the emotions and the inflection and the singing, like that's not what's going to work, but you can make that nature documentary keep that same story with a rival lion trying to take over the pride. Like it's all yeah. there. When you can have your bare bones, you know, just like Shere Khan's still trying to kill, you know, Mobley, mm -hmm. but you can have different dialogue. You know, that's okay. It's okay to have different dialogue and it's okay to, to have a different way how we get there. And yeah. it can still end up, you know, Simba victorious. I mean, let's be real. That's what should happen. But it shouldn't be line for line, shot for shot. Right. That's just, just do something different. Yeah. I'm very interested to see where the little mermaid will go because there's already been, you know, some talk going on about the casting in that movie, but you know, 
are they going to go beat for beat on the same thing with that? Or are, I don't know what they're going to do. They got to take the feedback from this because they haven't they haven't even started shooting yet. Yeah. And so you have to say, gosh, that was a mistake. We got too close to the original and we need to make some changes. Yeah. Well, let's hope they don't sing under the sea on the land. Like, you know, let's let's <laughs> at least try and get those easy points going. And I know that I railed and said I'm done watching Disney live action movies, but I will say that I think Mulan actually looks pretty good because I think it's easier to do human stories than it is to do these crazy ones, like either with lions or with mermaids. So there's no dragons in this. That's fine. I'm good with that. It's ridiculous. Although I will say the villain in Mulan looks the scariest villain in all of Disney. Well, that'll be good then. I've actually never really seen Mulan all the way through. From the, but you've seen with the, neither have I actually. But I've seen the. Uh, the bad guy, and he gives me nightmares. <laughs> I don't even know what his name is because you know, I, I, Mulan was after my time. Although I will say, and I, and I wanted to bring this up now that we're talking about Disney villains, I think Scar is the most evil Disney villain out there. Mm, I'd have to think about that. I mean, it's, he's the it, only, it is pretty he's dark, the, right? He's the only one that killed anyone. Others try. Mm-hmm. But he's the only one who actually killed. He did it himself. And it was his brother. Yeah. And he tried to kill his nephew. Yeah. There, beyond, other than, uh, I think, Pocahontas. And again, I haven't seen Pocahontas. My wife brought that up. Of random, <laughs> you know, fights. <laughs> or if you're, I mean, are you just going straight genocide in Pocahontas? Because that's pretty bad. Well, I know. And that, that's where she went. And I said, well, I haven't seen that in Pocahontas. And I don't know if the bad guy was telling his team, you know, to, yeah. to go kill them all. Or if he actually did it himself. But Scar, hands on, killed his own brother. I mean, yeah, that's pretty I, ruthless. I, yeah, that that's way up there. I mean, Ursula took people's souls. I know that. So she went full yeah, Shang Tsung she, on everybody. But, she, but they got them back. <laughs> well, not because she gave them back willingly. <laughs> yeah, they weren't dead, though. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, think, uh, I think we need to jot down a note for this because the next time we need a top five list, I think we could go for the top five uh, most evil Disney villains. Well, it's it's Scar all the way. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you on the surface because yeah, that's pretty. Jeremy Iron Scar because he's <laughs> sure he's just seeds evil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what's uh, the casting change you have for this? I just said it. Jeremy Iron Scar. Okay, you would actually put Jeremy Irons back in. I, I'd put him back in because it it really lost something. I think without somebody who is going full Scar. Yeah, you know I, he he didn't get he didn't get evil. He didn't get villainous he didn't yeah. hiss at the end of his sentences <laughs> you know and that's been a pretty big consensus even from the trailers when they first heard scar talking in the trailers i think the internet was basically like oh that's so weird not to have jeremy irons there like you should just go ahead and do that i mean you have mufasa you have jeremy irons the rest can be whomever mm -hmm. you know but but those two are so iconic i feel that it's a big miss if yeah. you didn't have like, if you wouldn't have had James Earl Jones, that'd have been bad. But to not have Jeremy Irons in there, I thought he would have been fine because because I like him as an actor. But he didn't. He tried to be his own scar, I guess. Yeah. Using the same lines, just not delivering them with any emphasis. <laughs> right. So <laughs> I actually had scar as well. But my secondary one, because I figured that's what you were going to go with, was something I mentioned very early on, which is my casting change would be a weird one because I would just remove James Earl Jones and just take all of his original dialogue and put it back in the movie and not give him any new lines. Just the inflection needs to be the same. The delivery needs to be the same. 
just take his normal audio and put it back in there. You replaced old James Earl Jones with young James Earl Jones? Exactly. I believe that's ageism. <laughs> no, it's all about how you delivered your lines. If if old James had delivered them like, uh, well, young James, then I'd be fine with it. <laughs> all right, so what award are you giving this movie? I gave it the worst Disney remake with the best effects. Oh, okay. Well, worst Disney remake with the best effects. Because... What did you rate Aladdin? I gave Aladdin a, a I want to say, a three and a half. Okay. But it was a better... I think it's a better movie. Uh, Beauty and the Beast is the one that's that's keeping this from getting worst overall. Oh, I would rather watch Beauty and the Beast than this. When's the last time you saw Beauty and the Beast? Uh, when it was in theaters. Yeah, the effects on the Beast are horrendous now. Sure. Yeah, I, it but... was just on TV the other day, and I was like, "Is that really the Beast?" Yeah, I just think my award is that this is the worst live action Disney remake. And I think the one that would have been competing for it would have been Alice in Wonderland from way back when, before these things really became a thing. Cause I did not like that movie at all. But, uh, this one I think graded on me for many other reasons to where I'm willing to say this is the worst live action. Are Disney you saying remake. Johnny Depp? Yes. Was that even a Disney movie or is that just an Alice in Wonderland story? Uh, I thought that was still Disney. But I could be wrong on that. I don't know. I didn't see it. It says it was produced by Walt Disney. So I would assume that it's mm -hmm. under the umbrella okay. of Disney remakes. Yeah. And when you look at the thing, it says Johnny Depp, Disney, Alice in Wonderland. So I assume that, now I don't know, maybe maybe the, the film Twitter and Letterboxd you know, crew has some weird delineation between Walt Disney Studios making this versus whatever else. And I don't know. But I guess just to the lay person, I would say that this counts. Yeah, I didn't know if. You know, Alice in Wonderland was out there for anybody to take interpretations of. Yeah. Is one of those right those like stories I, or not? But yeah, like the Sherlock Holmes is out there in the public domain. Right. Yeah. So all right. So the last one we've got. If you like this movie, you would also like. Go for it. I said the Jungle Book remake because I think it's a little bit better, and it's got animals with special effects. So I assume that. If you dig this, which I think is worse, I think you'll like the Jungle Book remake, which is better. And uh, that's what I get for being courteous and letting you go first. <laughs> but uh, I also picked the Jungle Book remake. Um, I thought all the animals looked like animals. I thought this did a better job of that. Um, but they're all very, very, very close to what animals look like talking. But it had a different kind of story and, and brought me into the movie more. It was something new and fresh. Got to enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, and funny so, that it's the same director like we mentioned earlier. Yeah, which is weird that he would have two different takes on it like that. Agreed. All right. Well, that's it for me bashing on Lion King for 50 minutes because <laughs> I was not happy with it. <laughs> um, let's see. Carson, where can they find you on Twitter? At Carson Graff. You can find me at at Two Views Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at, at TwoViewsMovies. You can always email us at TwoViewsMovies at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple or Google, Spotify, wherever you listen. And be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word about the show, that you're a fan of the show, so we can continue to grow listeners. Thursday, we will be having our Once Upon a Time in Hollywood episode, so be on the lookout. Tarantino. Yeah, absolutely. Going from Disney to Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, is there anything? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like him doing Star Trek next. That feels like weird, and going from Disney to Tarantino feels just as weird, but looking forward to it. You got anything else? Nope. All right, we will catch you next time. Nope.
What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both!